I'm Richard Trebert. And I'm Duncan McLeod. This is Talk Central, episode 154, for the week starting 2 October 2016. Talk Central is brought to you by Tech Central, the home of South Africa's best technology journalism. On Talk Central this week, we chat about Siabonga Twele versus Ikasa. Also this week, the ICT white paper, the demise of BlackBerry smartphones, iPhone 7 pricing in South Africa, new metros for 4DX theatres, and a new PVR from DSTV. Wow, there's a lot to talk about this week. It's a good thing we've got a beard to match the occasion. Let's get the show on the road. Welcome to the show. How's it, Rehart? How's it, Duncan? So, um, you've arrived here with a very, very large bottle that says Growler on it. Uh, what exactly is it? Like it's it's a large quantity of beer. That's in a nutshell what I can say. So growler, nothing new to the beer industry in most parts of the world, but essentially it's a it's a method. Uh, it's a it's a storage method of buying two two liters or more worth of beer. Um, there's there's a few of these stores popping up now. Essentially, what you're able to do is um, buy fresh beer off tap. Uh-huh. Um, in larger quantities, it's it's generally a lot cheaper. So this growler um, is from a bottle store in Ilovo, and they've got a few different beers on tap. Uh, I chose us the the Tears of the Hipster from Garagista Brewing Company. Love that name. One, yeah, they're great. <laughs> if, if if you if you listen to this, Google Tears of the Hipster. Have a look at the label. It is it's awesome. Um, so this is in a, a pal L, but. Um, yeah, so Growler essentially allows you to off-tap fill up um, this bottle. You can get stainless steel Growlers as well if you want to oh, keep right. stuff longer. So what sizes do, do they come in? Two litre uh, and up. You can get them for six litres too if you... But six litres? Yeah, but we're only looking at uh, two litres in South Africa. Most oh, okay. it's, it's, a lot of the, it's not, it's not worth it going any bigger. I mean, two litres and four litres is what we what we got commonly. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, it, does, it doesn't uh, keep that long. I mean, you're getting the beer off-tap, putting it into... Yes, into so there are two systems that you should be aware of. The one that's off-the-tap, like the one that I've got here, um, we basically just pour the beer straight off the tap last three days or so I mean once you open it yeah. uh, you should drink it over a weekend and that's kind of what it's intended for you know yeah. you get, get pitch up at a party with or, or a braai with one of these and you know you don't have to carry a six pack around essentially yes. and you get your beer much fresher and often beers that you don't get in bottle um, or as easily in a bottle yeah. and it looks um, nice the, the glass bottles are actually quite quite beautiful it is and there's, there's something kind of bootleggish about it yeah. if, if, uh, that I like about it um, so do you, where a, do you get the bo- you get the the, 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 the the containers from the bottle store as well yes yeah. so I mean it's a deposit you pay this one is 45 rand uh, if you go for a stainless steel one uh, they go up to 500 and there's one that's pressurized too we can talk about that at a later stage oh, where wow. it, it's like a proper tap when you when you actually dispense your beer that goes up to 1500 I think yeah um but yeah, 45 rand deposit on this one. There is another system that uh, another set of guys are doing from the Growler Brewing Company, not to be confused with the Growler Beer. Yes. Um, but they've got a system where if you put it into their bottles, it's pressurized. Uh, it lasts up to 30 days. Okay. But I don't, you know, depends on how long you want to like, keep your beer. But three days is Two liters yeah. won't last that long. But uh, <laughs> it's, uh, uh, it's a lovely name, Tears of, of the Hipster. And um, I've uh, uh, just put, put us uh, a sample here, and it's, uh, it's very nice. Yeah. Pale Ale. Uh, but it's it's got an amazing aroma to it. Amazing aroma, very smooth, um, and it's a very very sessionable beer. It's it's the kind of thing that you can you can drink drink all day long. So maybe all think, podcast long. think of <laughs> taking one of these to to the rugby with you this afternoon. Maybe oh, put indeed. it in your jacket pocket. Indeed. But indeed. Um, yeah, growlers keep uh, keep an eye for them. You'll see them see them all over the place. That's no, very good. And t- so here's of the hipster. Who which brewery makes it? Um, a brewery's called Garagista. They're yeah. down in Cape Town. Okay. Um, produce some incredible beers. If you if you find some of their others, uh, they they do have some really tasty stuff. Um, and pr- probably one of the more premium craft brewers in South Africa, I would say. Great stuff. Well. Uh, 
thanks for bringing this through and um, I, th I think it's going to be a nice backdrop to this week's tech talk um, let's get into the podcast shall we yes the quiz first or uh... yeah let's get to the quiz do you want to <laughs> do, do the first question Rachel? yeah let me just uh, call up in my, my well let me do the first question okay. while you do that our first question this week, Telecom, hot off the, hot, hot off the press, Telecom's Minister Siamonga Kwele wasn't the only party to succeed in securing an urgent interdict against ICASA this week. Who else did? The second question, MultiChoice has announced a new Explorer PVR. What is the capacity of its hard drive? The third question, MultiChoice has secured capacity on a new satellite. What is the satellite called? The fourth question, the SABC turned into another net loss for the 2015-2016 financial year. How much did it lose? And the last one, also an SABC question. Its former Chief Operating Officer, one Klauri Mutsaneng, has a new job at the state-owned broadcaster. What is he doing now? And as the birds start up, let's, uh, let's chat about uh, this week's tech news. And there's plenty to get into. And uh, breaking news this Friday. I'm going to say we're recording this uh, on Friday afternoon, but we're only going to put the podcast up on Sunday because, as Rechot mentioned, I'm rushing off to the rugby to watch the Lions Sharks game after this. Nice. Uh, which I'm looking forward to. Yeah, I'm a big Shark supporter, but I'm not expecting them to win, unfortunately. <laughs> the Lions have been on form in the last little while. But um, and breaking news this afternoon or this morning. Uh, Sia Bonga Kwele, of course, uh, filed this, uh, these, this legal action against uh, ICASA over the Spectrum auction, over the invitation to apply, and the judge in that case handed down judgment this morning, and uh, ICASA has lost. Um, so, urgent interdict uh, against ICASA in force, which stops the regulator from proceeding in any way, shape or form with the Spectrum auction or the invitation to apply. Um, I went through the judgment very briefly before this uh, recording and um, it does seem to make sense uh, for him to do this given the uncertainty around this whole process. Um, I look forward to going through, through it in some more detail and we'll have more stories on it um, over the next few days. But um, a victory for the minister uh, and of course uh, the cabinet this week approved the ICT policy white paper which has been we've been waiting for ever to see and that includes a section on spectrum, how spectrum should be allocated in South Africa and uh, that's what it's all going to turn on at the end of the day uh, it's understood that the white paper we haven't seen the final version but it's understood that the minister um, wants the there to be a single wholesale open access network provider MTN and Vodacom in particular are, are very much opposed to this saying that they need exclusive use spectrum and they don't want to participate in some sort of open access network in which others are shareholders uh, it's a very t controversial issue. Uh, I'm not entirely decided which is the right approach to take. I, I think I'm more leaning to the ACASA side of things, but uh, I'd like to see what the white paper says. But uh, w w that white paper has not been published yet. I was hoping it was going to be in the Government Gazette this morning, but it's not. Mm. Uh, there's talk that the Minister might call a press conference for Sunday. Uh, um, Hopefully, uh, hopefully not. Actually, I'd rather have my Sunday to myself. <laughs> yeah. But uh, uh, if he does, we'll be there. Uh, but interesting developments. Uh, we wait for, um, of course, more comment from the industry in reaction to what the judgment actually says, and of course, then what the ICT policy white paper document says. Um, but uh, yeah, that's uh, the development. Uh, more, more mess. Some of I suspect. Um, you know, if the white paper does propose what we think it's going to propose around Spectrum, then I, I can't see. I, see, I foresee that MTN and, and Vodacom and possibly other parties will take the thing to court. Mm, yeah. uh, but it's all very, very fluid at the moment, and we really do need to see what that final white paper says. Uh, so hopefully we'll have sight of that in the next couple of days. But interesting times. 
on the policy side. We've certainly been waiting a lo- long time for all of this to come to a yeah, head. Yeah, it's good to see some movement. Let's just hope it's the right, right the movement we're looking for. Yeah. Indeed. So, BlackBerry smartphones are no more. Are no more. Are they the Kodak of the cell phone industry now? <laughs> well, I don't know. Nokia got there first. <laughs> oh, true, true. <laughs> Actually, there's a long line of cell phone companies that, that went under the years. But they're, they're certainly Nokia and BlackBerry must count amongst the biggies. It's not clear whether the BlackBerry name is going to disappear entirely from smartphones. All BlackBerry has said is that they're not going to be designing and developing their own. Uh, so the suggestion is that perhaps they're going to go to the Google-type route with the Nexus and the forthcoming Pixel phones where yeah, yeah. where the devices are contracts manufactured on behalf of Google. Um, it's possible that BlackBerry is going to go that route. It's kind of implied in what they said. So could we see someone like HTC or Samsung or LG making devices that are branded BlackBerry on behalf of BlackBerry. It's, that's a possibility. But certainly the era of BlackBerry's own designed phones and built and manufactured phones is over. Yeah, it's over. What an end to an era. And I mean, they were they were the champs at they one point. They were dominant at one point, yeah. And uh, yeah, it just shows you what happens when you don't keep your eye on the ball. Um, I'm, I've, I've never really been a big BlackBerry fan, even in, in, even in his heyday. I mean, it just never really appealed to me. And the software was obviously the first yeah. thing that got me. I love the fact they eventually went to Android, but it was too little too late, yeah. as we can see now. I really loved the BlackBerry Proof, their first Android device. Mm. I thought it was brilliant. Mm. I thought it was mm. absolutely brilliant, but it was too expensive. Their hardware has always been good. And, and yeah. I, 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 I lovingly remember most that. Of hardware, <laughs> most of their hardware. Most of their hardware, fair enough. <laughs> but that Passport device, I mean, it's... That was lovely, too. That was that was a very odd uh, design. Very odd design. But it was running BB10, wasn't it? Yes, it wasn't yes. Android. If that, if that no, it was BB10. Android fan for fact. Well, that's what I'm saying. There was so much potential in yeah. their own design, and, yeah. and obviously their keyboard technology was very good. A lot of people mm. saw by it, and, and, and that was the only kind of device they wanted to use because of that. Yeah. Um, I hope we don't lose kind of all those experts uh, expertise in, in that field, and perhaps they you know they do revive it somehow. But yes. BlackBerry, as we know it, obviously, yeah. it won't be the same. If you had to think of a BlackBerry device, I mean, what is there any particular one that stands out for you over the years? Like I said, the Passport was uh, the only one that curved the bold. Sorry, was it the bold? The bold was a great the phone. The bold was a great phone, yeah, yeah. If you like BlackBerry, yeah. But again, I never used it. I played with it for a bit. It was great. Yeah. But yeah, I never really kind of... I never liked the OS. I never liked the OS. Yeah, the OS always let it down. Yeah. But BlackBerry, I mean, people who, who, who use BlackBerry swore by it. They loved yeah, it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, they're, they're, I, I, there's still people out there using the BlackBerry Bold, even to this day. Uh, yes. It, it was an amazing phone. And then, of course, the BlackBerry Curve devices, which were so successful in the mm. South African market. I saw uh, online the other day Commander Hatfield from, um, you know, the, the famous NASA astronaut. Yes. Um, who, he still uses the BlackBerry Passport. Oh, d- passport, <laughs> yeah. passport, okay. passport, yeah. Okay. Um, and if you think of what, what they did for the mailing industry before we had stuff like Hosted Exchange readily available in Google, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Google Mail. Yes. Uh, what they offered was, was a true enterprise-like experience for many businesses, yeah. which, which I always thought was a great but it, angle. But they, they lost a the race there as well. Yeah. I think, I think businesses in the end also became, um, what's the word, not unhappy, they became... I guess unhappy about the fact that they had to pay these licensing fees to BlackBerry for yeah. the BlackBerry Enterprise Server, Bez. And it, was, it wasn't cheap. Yes, and you never had full control over... Uh, I mean, it wasn't your own service. It yeah. was all running on their system. And obviously, that when when they had that three-day outage, oh, I can't yes. remember when it was, mm. I think that for many people was the yeah. reason why a system like BlackBerry was, wasn't the ideal solution. Yeah. Um, Sadly, I yeah. think again, I th- you know, I thought their services were great. What they did with, um, you know, the costing for internet and free mail back in the day when that was a real issue for, for internet, mobile internet users. Yes. Um, 
yeah, I guess there will be many more, um, yeah. just like there there were many uh, mobile manufacturers. Yeah, yeah. It was a great book. I'm just trying to remember the name of it. I, I read it. Uh, I read it um, about a year ago. Here we go. Uh, it's called Losing the Signal: The Untold Story. Oh, now I clicked the link and it disappeared. How bizarre. <laughs> uh, the untold story behind the extraordinary rise and fall of BlackBerry by Jackie McNeish and mm. Sean Silkoff. Uh, if you haven't read it yet, it's absolutely brilliant. It, it go, I think if I recall correctly, I, I said I did read it a while ago, it goes in when one of the executives, I think it was uh, Belsilli, one of the co-CEOs, was uh, getting, boarding a jet uh, to go somewhere. Uh, and that whole outage happened. Yes, yes. And how the company badly managed the reaction to it. Yeah, there was no there was no communication from uh, from the directors or the yeah. CEO or anybody really within that business. It's a brilliant book. It reads like yeah. a thriller and it really talks about how they how they fell, the downfall of BlackBerry, and it was really about arrogance. Oh, they it. became so arrogant, um, and they made bad decisions. And um, there was that classic interview that um, who was the other co CEO, um, the one the guy with the grey hair. I forget his name. Um, not Belsilly. It was. Um, Rim, trying to remember how he used to write it. Rim co CEO, co CEOs, Vasily, and what was his name? Uh, anyway, no. it slipped my mind, but he did an interview with the BBC in which he really lost the plot. He, he, he said, You can't, he said things like, You can't ask me that question. And eventually, he tore his mic off and he stood, off, stood up. This was an interview with the BBC. I mean, you don't do that sort of thing. Yeah, not after that level. No. I know he was clearly under a lot of stress. Uh, and that stress boiled over in that interview, but uh, mm. at that mm. level, you don't make a mistake like that. Uh, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's actually a sad story. I mean, we all, I guess, have a soft spot for BlackBerry at some point in our lives. Mm. But um, I never owned one myself. Yeah, I mean, I've reviewed lots of them, but I, I, it was never a platform that really appealed to me. The, I must say, the only I really liked the fact that they were going Android and what they were doing with Android, yeah. creating a really yeah. secure Android on good hardware. Um, so it's a pity. It's a pity. The they, BlackBerry Priv was fantastic. They could have been that that third kind of player that always. I mean, apart from Samsung and Apple, um, I mean yeah. now we have obviously Huawei and uh, the like. But yeah. they, early on, they could have been that third player that that catered for that very specific need for so many business users yeah. and and obviously yeah. some consumers. But yeah, which is now being it's a role really being taken on Apple, of course, but yeah. also by yeah. Samsung. And Samsung's been very clever in positioning itself as a secure Android player through mm. Samsung Knox. Mm. Uh, the Knox platform. Um, so, but yeah, it's very sad. Very sad to see this happen. But uh, BlackBerry making good money in other areas of its business. Uh, so it's not that BlackBerry is disappearing. Yeah, um, yeah. They're growing strongly in in, so- in software and services. Um, it's just the phone business. It's uh, they just made too many mistakes and it's cost them. Yeah. So this is the right decision uh, to steer the company back mm. into some kind of yeah. Anyway. Yeah, talking about hardware, iPhone 7 prices announced today. Have you seen them, Rachel? I did, and they weren't as bad as what I thought they would be, to be honest with you. Yeah, um, they're still expensive. They are still expensive. <laughs> no, no, I thought, but I thought the 256 gigabyte iPhone 7 Plus would be 24, 25,000. That's kind of what the I had in my mind. Laptop range, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. It just seemed like it could be a very expensive yeah. device. But um, still, for a phone, 19, 19 and a half thousand bucks. Yeah, that is, that is, that is a lot of money. Yeah, I mean, com- but comparing it to the, to the iPhone 6s. I mean, the price isn't uh, isn't that much more expensive. Yeah. So if you were going to buy one and you want to buy one now, you're not going to spend that much more to get it. Yeah. So starting at twelve triple nine, these are iStore prices. Uh, we haven't seen the pricing from the operators yet, um, but going on sale in South Africa on the fourteenth of October. That seems a bit earlier than before. Yeah. I think normally we hit the, the November. Yeah. November timeframe. They're getting to market quite aggressively with that, and. Um, 
uh, Apple Watch pricing as well. Uh, so we're looking at starting at four triple nine. Four triple nine, yeah. Which uh, I think is pretty much in line with the first one, isn't it? Or maybe yeah. even a bit lower. I think it might be a bit lower. And um, then the ceramic Apple Watch edition, of course, replacing that hideously expensive gold one, <laughs> uh, coming in at twenty two triple nine, which is pricey for us. I see a lot of credit cards uh, crying this festive season. Indeed, indeed. So uh, you, you, you're on the iPhone success, of course. We spoke about this in the last yeah, show. Yeah. Um, you've you've got no desire to go. No, to go I'm still very happy to yeah. be honest with you. The the iPhone, the uh, the the headphone port is, is still an important part of my life. Yeah. I do still use it all the time. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm sure by the next cycle when I'm upgrade, yeah. when I'm upgrading, enough products are going to be using, or I'm going to be using enough uh, wireless technology to yeah. to be able to 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 be able to get away with not yeah. having that. But yeah, um, yeah no no uh, envy from my side for for the new iPhone seven. Great, excellent. Well, I think we need to take an ad break at this point. Uh, we'll be back right after this message. Hello world. Hello information. Hello uploads and downloads. Hello streaming videos and low latency. Hello blogs and vlogs. Hello crystal clear video calls. Hello increased productivity. Hello online learning. Hello cloud. Hello long lost friends and missed connections. Hello limitless possibilities and instant gratification. Say hello to premium high speed fiber from Vox Telecom. Pleasure guaranteed. Visit voxtelecom.co.za for more information. Chicken or beef? Chicken or beef? Chicken. There are so many companies offering fiber at the moment, but with Vox Telecom's premium high-speed fiber, you'll be joining the Smile High Club. Duck or salmon, sir? We call it business class fiber. We guarantee our uptime and can tailor our services to suit your needs and budget. Say hello to Business Class Fiber from Vox Telecom. Visit voxtelecom.co.za for more information. Welcome back to the show. So um, I had a very interesting experience this week. I went to uh, the launch of uh, New Metro's first 4DX theater in Gauteng. Ooh, that sounds interesting. Uh, very interesting. They've had one in Cape Town for the past six months, and apparently it's been booked out every night, every seat taken, uh, every show since it was launched. So, so what is 4DX? I mean, so it's really interesting. Um, I, 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 was, I was expecting to be a bit let down by it, and I wasn't. Oh, really? Um, basically, it's a technology that uh, um, adds a whole lot of uh, physical elements to your movie-going experience. So uh, the movie we saw was Miss um, Peregrine's Home for Gifted Children or something along those lines. Oh, yes, yes. Peculi- I heard of the Peculiar movie. Children. Yeah, yeah. Very good movie, by the way. Excellent movie. Um, I think I think it's a, a generally aimed at children, but um, I think it would scare kids under twelve. Nice, like it. Uh, but um, a very interesting experience. It was a three D movie, um, but they can show two D um, movies as well. But the idea behind it is they've got all these additional um, physical um, interfaces. So uh, the chairs, the, the chairs that you sit in, move. Uh, and, not, and they don't just move slightly; they move quite violently. But that's obviously in sync with something that's happening on screen, exactly. not just exactly. randomly. Everything in the is everything <laughs> is synced to what's happening on the screen. So, uh, you know, if something comes crash landing down, your whole chair vibrates and shakes underneath you. Oh, that's cool! Actually, so you feel a very deep bass effect in you many do. ways. The whole chair nice. vibrates on this on this platform. It's almost like being on a roller coaster. And um, and then they've got scents that pop pop into the air. So in 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 this movie, that they watch cool. they walk through this. This garden with flowers in, it, and suddenly we had the smell of flowers in our that noses. That is awesome. <laughs> and uh, when the wind blew, the wind would come up 
around you and it felt like you were they had scenes on the on the beach and the wind was blowing off the sea and they had this cool breeze blowing across you as wow. you sat there um, and uh, you know if it's raining they're, they're, you can feel little drops of water coming onto you from the front of the seat uh, I don't know if it is water you don't, my glasses didn't actually <laughs> oh, yeah, I hope it was. <laughs> so I don't know what it was but it felt like water and then when you're sitting there you, they've got these I don't know what they were but these little things underneath the seat that tickle your legs uh, things like that. Um, oh, wow, it's a really okay. cool experience. Um, it was the press launch. I, I'm not sure how much the tickets are. I need to find out still. Uh, it's probably not a cheap experience, but even if you pay 150 or even 200 rand to go, it's worth doing it at least once. Now you're paying for an experience, yeah. which is which is something that, that I definitely don't mind doing. You know, it's not just sitting in the movie theater and watching yeah. something with noisy people around you. So they're going to open two more, and I think one is going to be in Bedford View area and the other one's in Pretoria. Um and it's it's really cool. I think there's only certain types of movies that this would work with. Sure, um, you, sure. You, know, you don't want to go and watch like a period drama or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but something like Star Wars or uh, you know um, a horror movie. I mean, a horror movie, yes. fantastic. You know, yes. You know, imagine watching something like The Blair Witch Project. And you know, suddenly, the suddenly your whole chair goes. <laughs> imagine watching a movie like Saw and having a chainsaw actually just chopping off your leg off. <laughs> Being part of the experience. I could see that's really the feature of movie game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> come into interesting the, come into I would be interested to know what the pricing is I would imagine it's probably over 100 bucks for, for I would imagine it's at least yeah. 150 um, but I'm not sure it might be on the new metro website if you want to have a quick look I am trying to but see. it's a very cool um, it's a very cool idea uh, and it's definitely worth going to check out at least once and it's it's available now I mean I can go I think they're uh, opening today yeah Friday um, we went on, either we saw the movie on Wednesday evening but I think I think today is the launch um, yeah, not if it's not today, then it's next next week. Uh, you can watch the week Star Wars Force Awakens in 40x, Batman vs Superman in 40x, Jungle Book. So there's, there's obviously okay, a bunch so of click movies. On, that, click uh, on one of those movies and see what the pricing is. Um, um, if it brings it up. I'm not, I don't usually use the new Metro websites. I'm not quite sure. Oh, there you go. Book your seats. Choose your seats. I'm just going to have a quick look at the price there. Uh, but it's a great concept, and that um, I must say that. Uh, there we go. It is available already. And it seems that Hyde Park is also one of the Hyde Park is the way, is the venue we went to. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay Hyde Park nice. in Johannesburg. Um, Just and pulling it up. Yeah. Two more theaters coming in the next couple of weeks in 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 Johannesburg or in the next couple of months. I think. And, and I didn't catch what you said. Is it 3D as well? So it's, it's it can 3D? be it can be 2D or 3D. Okay. And this one that you watched was was 3D. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, I'm not a huge fan of 3D movies, to be honest. Yeah, I always shy away from them myself mm. too. I, I do. I have had some good experiences, but it's it's almost like you know it's a bit of effort, yeah. and I'm not always uh, in the mood for my eyes are not really. You really have to concentrate more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, seeing Miss Peregrine's uh, uh, was 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 quite good in 3D. 3D was quite well done, so I would see that in 3D if you get an opportunity. Um, but uh, yeah, it's worth going to check out. Have you found the price in there? No, no, it's still loading. Uh, the website's a bit slow, unfortunately. Uh, okay. Well, we'll come back to it. We'll go we, check yeah, it out. Yeah. Check it out, yeah. So, MultiChoice um, announcing this week, unexpectedly, that they're introducing a new PVR um, in the form of a new Explorer. It's still called the Explorer, not the Explorer 2. Uh, but some interesting and controversial changes to it. Um, the original Explorer introduced, I think, three years ago now. Uh, the new one, uh, much smaller. Obviously, mm -hmm. technology has shrunk. Mm -hmm. Um, but also controversially a much smaller hard drive inside it so uh, gone is the two terabyte drive inside oh, the original and now has a one terabyte drive oh, that's interesting so you basically can record less store less yes in effect you can store less but not half as much because uh, uh, multi-choice uh, has revealed that they've moved to a new encoding compression oh, okay. technology okay. Uh, called H265.265 yes 
which is also known as uh, HEVC, I think it is. Uh, and it's apparently about 50% more efficient than the old compression um, technology that they were using. Okay, so they need half the space, roughly, I guess, I mean, it seems like. Um, I don't think it completely makes up for the, for the reduction in the, in, the, in the device storage, but um, MultiChoice says in its research, people are using the PVR to record less live television and using it more for its catch-up uh, functionality. Mm. So they're using it for, to watch box office and catch-up okay. content. And there's obviously a lot more co- catch-up content now because they've got Catch-Up Plus, which offers access to all the online material as well. All right. Um, so they're arguing that you don't actually need quite a big, as big a hard drive, um, which obviously reduced the costs of manufacturing the PVR. Mm. Mm. Um, and I'd imagine that... Um, you know that PVR is quite heavily subsidized. I'm not sure how much it actually costs to manufacture, but uh, they retail it for a recommended 1499. Uh, that's the price of the old one and the new one. So presumably oh, the margin on the new one is a little bit better. Uh, but it's an interesting move by the company. Um, uh, so yeah, it's a smaller form factor. It looks quite nice. I've, I've seen it in the flesh. Um, and they've also introduced a new remote control, which not only works with uh, the um, with the new PVR, but also with all the older um, PVRs that they've got in the market. Nice. So um, it looks nice. The, it's I mean, called the A7. Um, it's really nice. What I like about it, it's the first DSTV remote that's backlit, um, yeah, and it's got, a motion, the, yeah. it's got a motion sensor in it. So when you pick it up from the couch or the table, the light comes on. Oh, backlight cool. comes on. That's cool. Very simple cool. tech, but it's quite cool. And I think they've done a lot of nice work with this. It's uh, re- the buttons are really smooth and nice to touch. Um, it's, it's really, I mean, multi-choice clearly puts a lot of focus on the UX, um, mm. the, the design of this thing. It's been very carefully thought out where these buttons are located. Um, and it's a very nice experience. Um, you, know, you know, you can pick this up almost with your eyes closed if you're a DSTV user and, yeah. and figure out where the buttons are. Um, but it does, as I say, it does have a backlight now as well. Uh, and uh, the first time they've introduced um, a Showmax button on Ooh, the remote. Nice. Um, so uh, where the catch-up and box office buttons before they were before at the, near the top of the remote, they've now put a big Showmax button right in the middle. Uh, so catch-up on the left, Showmax in the middle, and box office on the right, and the big blue DSTV button which brings up the DSTV services underneath that. But it looks, it looks good and um, interesting to see this, this tight integration with, uh, with Showmax. Mm, yeah, uh, definitely. I've, I've been even using Showmax a lot recently. I mean, yeah. I'm a subscriber, obviously, and uh, I find the content there is quite good. So it's nice yes. to see DSTV actually you know, embracing, embracing more of the online stuff and obviously you know, giving, the, you know, giving, the, giving it easier access. Yeah, yeah. Uh, especially when you have, I mean, their, their box office when it launched, I remember. I'm not a DSTV subscriber now, but uh, it was yeah. a very good offering. Yeah. Um, yeah, that 19, nice, that like 99 it. bucks a month is a, is a good deal. I also recently sort of resubscribed to it. And it's, um, okay. It's okay. pretty good. Anticipation of my fiber arriving, which will be soon. Ooh. Yeah, I saw they were trenching outside. So, I mean, it's imminent. It's, and you got a, you got the infamous gray box on your wall now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, can't wait for that. But, um, yeah, I think Showmax is doing well. They're... Um, They've, I think they've got a better uh, product or content lineup rather than Netflix does in South Africa, at least for now. And Netflix is more expensive because they're simply priced in dollars and then converted mm. to rands. Mm. Um, so I still find the best combination is to have multiple online subscriptions yeah. because they still they still so have, have Netflix licenses. Well. Yeah, I have Netflix yeah. and Showmax. Yeah. Um, 
And, and I, I must be honest with you, for the first time, I'm a little bit jealous of DSTV subscribers. I mean, if I look at, I was just uh, having a look at some of the other features that they've gotten in kind of the channels. I mean, it, the value proposition seems to be quite good. Yeah. I mean, it's still pricey, but it is, it is expensive. You can get a lot of content. I mean, if you. You can. I, I mean, DSTV, I mean, the main selling point for DSTV is the sport, let's mm, be honest. If, mm, you're not a, mm. if, you're sports, if you're not a sports fan, if you don't want access to the rugby or the soccer or whatever, then you don't really need it. You can probably get away with. Uh, um, a streaming service although you're not yeah. going to get all the latest shows um, you'll have to watch them a bit behind um, but uh, you know, if you want if you want the Rolls Royce solution then DSTV yeah, Premium yeah. is lit and it makes it easier and what does the interface look like these days I mean I'm sure they must have revamped it quite a lot it has changed it? quite a bit especially on the on-demand stuff um, I mean the, the old sort of program guides and uh, EPG stuff is, is, is not changed that radically but okay. the Certainly, there's stuff around catch up and the, the catch up plus content now, which is the online streaming stuff that you can get there. I've got over a thousand movies now in their uh, in their catch up plus uh, catalog. That's impressive. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you know, even though Showmax is part of the same stable and there's a Showmax button on their remote, um, I think the fact that Showmax Showmax even exists, or these streaming services more generally even exist, is probably sharpening multi choices game. Mm. Um, mm. And you know, the future is is on demand. Um, certainly not when it comes to sport because people want live sport but I think pretty much for the rest why would you want to watch live broadcast television I haven't watched live broadcast for probably five, six years now. And I'm the same. My life isn't any worse. In fact, yeah. you know, it, it makes me think about the stuff I want to watch, and I don't find myself, as a DSTV subscriber many years ago, I did find myself on the couch flipping channels more yeah. often than what I yeah. would have liked to admit. And I don't do that anymore because you plan what you want to watch yeah. and you do it. You, yeah. know, you, don't, you don't flick channels. Yeah. So much. It was such a waste of time. We, we used to, I mean, I remember sitting in front of the couch as well with the DSTV remote channel, change channel, yeah. change yeah. channel, change channel, and you're actually just wasting your life. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. Now it's on demand. You can say, "Hey, there's a fantastic new series. We I mean, let's watch it." Yeah. Um, and yeah. you, you, when you sit down in front of your TV, you know what you're going to watch, and you finish it and you leave. Mm. Um, I think in the old days of linear linear broadcast television, you you would waste so much time just looking for something to watch. I mean, I can't remember the last time I watched a TV ad. I mean, it's, Me it's quite strange. Not in years. Not to, in years. To think of that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, commercial break. We don't yeah. have that anymore. It's but, um, yeah. it's, 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 it's it's fascinating. It's fascinating. Anyway, I'm going to talk a bit more about broadcasting towards the end of the show when I get to my, my uh, pick of the week. But um, you wanted to talk a bit about drones. We've got some new drone products in the market. Yeah, so both GoPro, um, DJI up to, to now has kind of been the, the, the master of the drones in the, in the industry. You know, they've been kind of the apple of the drone industry. Right. Um, GoPro, the same with the action camera industry. Um, yeah. And both these companies have, in the last two weeks, launched their latest drone technology um, both of them super compact foldable drones um, that makes not that makes drone flying easier but also transporting your drone um, a lot easier yeah um, GoPro launched first with a comma and everybody thought uh, you know this was an industry game changer because what they did was um, using the new GoPro Euro 5 as the base um, their drone actually has a built-in gimbal stabilizer that can be removed into a handheld gimbal stabilizer, similar to the Osmo that I showed you. Yeah. Um, so you can essentially have a drone to fly around, or you just remove the the the, the, um, the stabilizing rig, right. and then have a handheld camera. So it was great for versatility. Um, you can also fold it up, uh, and yeah, it, I mean it's it's a vast improvement over current drone technology. But then just a week later, uh-huh. <laughs> DJI came and blew everybody out of the water with their announcement of the Mavic Pro. Now they don't have a removable camera with a handheld gimbal like the uh, like the GoPro has, yeah. 
but the quality of the, the the build quality, the performance of their drone is far superior, in my opinion. And if you look at the specs, you know, it, it, it is slightly more superior. Uh, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how these two play it out, but uh, I think my money is going to be on the Mavic Pro. Um, DJI clearly has the upper hand in the in the kind of the, the heritage of yeah. of the drone technology. I suppose it depends um, how the GoPro flies as well. That's true. I mean, but mm. if you look at the quality, or if you look at uh, what uh, manufacturing quadcopters these days, I mean, we call them drones, but they're actually quadcopters. Yeah. I mean, GPS technology, they they actually, a lot of them, if you use GPS technology, you're going to have a drone that flies really well. Yeah. These two, I've got no doubt, fly superbly easy and very well. They've obviously got new controllers as well, which is uh, another um, nice feature of these two. Yeah. Um, but I think as with anything, with uh, you know your Apple phone, your Samsung phone, or your BlackBerry users, you're going to have people on different camps. But... Um, it's just interesting to see that these two companies from different places essentially producing flying cameras, um, you know, bring out technology that makes it easier, hmm. uh, easier to deploy a drone, easy to get up into the sky and easy to fly. Um, it's going to be interesting to see, to see, to see these things in, in the flesh over the, over the next few months. What I like about the GoPro one, presumably you can update that camera as the new te- camera tech comes out. Well, yes, I would imagine that with that, uh, with that mount there, you'll be able to fit... I mean, the lifespan of a GoPro camera is quite long, so I yeah. don't foresee that to be an issue. And the size, you, you can probably put a GoPro 4 Plus in there as well if you get, if you get a mount adapter. I'm not sure why you would want to do that. Yeah. But to me, you know, if we're looking at shooting in 4K, both of them can do that. Both okay. of them can drop down to 2.7K. Okay. Um, I don't think the resolution is a problem anymore. It, it yeah. really comes down to the clarity of the picture what your lens can do for you the movement of the camera Um, and then obviously the the technologies that makes this drone um, fly well avoid obstacles Um, are pricing on either of these yet? not South African pricing Um, dollar pricing? the dollar pricing let me just call it up here quickly Uh, give me a sec I'm imagining these are at least five digit rand figures at least (laughs) it wasn't actually okay so the GoPro Karma uh, which is you essentially get a a drone a GoPro Euro 5 and a gimbal that's $1,099 that's not bad it's not bad I mean we're probably looking at about 15 to 20,000 rand yes if you look at something like the DJI Osmo which is a handheld um, camera stabilizer that's about 10 grand so you can kind of see having you know, having a, a handle stabilizer in the package is yeah, quite good value yeah, for money. Yeah, yeah. The DJI Mavic, though, uh, okay, this is the drone only. So the other thing with the Mavic, you can fly, you can buy the drone only for nine hundred ninety nine dollars, and yeah. you can use your phone to, to to control it, or you spend, I think it's uh, three or four hundred dollars more, um, and then you get the one the kit with the with the controller um, in. So okay. a little bit more expensive, but um, yeah, I, I think I know where I would spend my money. You know. Mm. But yeah, we'll have to test these two. But it's really interesting to see what these guys are doing. Drones, yeah. drones really are becoming um, more of a high-end video accessory, and it's mm. now really accessible to everybody who wants to shoot. I'm seeing them more and more at the trail runs. I do, uh, you know, probably half the trail runs I go to now. This, as I, as you said off at the start, there's a drone following you. Oh uh, yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, I've done a few of those shots, and it's it's actually incredible what you can do uh, on those sports. You know, I do a lot of mountain bike shooting for that yeah. as well. Yeah. But yeah, let's not get into the legalities of, yeah. uh, of, of, of flying a drone these days because it's, it's a bit of a mess. And yeah. uh, it's so difficult as a personal or as a, as a one-man band um, mm. to get a, a drone license. Mm. But yeah, we'll keep that for another show. <laughs> anyway, that's the news this week. I think it's time to move on to our, our regular features. Let me, let me start with a pick, uh, record while I trouble you for a few more drops of that lovely <sighs> bear over there. Um, have you played around with a software called Plex? Many, many years ago, I had installation of it going, but mm. not, not since. 
Thank you. Please, please tell me. <laughs> please tell it's me more. It's really, fun. really cool. It's, um, it's uh, you know, remember I picked um, XBMC or what's become yes. called known as Cody now a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Which I'm still that I'm loving, by the way. He's still using, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Plex is like Cody on steroids. <laughs> oh, no, so I'm going to have to uh, upgrade again. <laughs> it's really, really cool software. What I really like about it is, um, you know, we've all got huge libraries of um, Creative Commons content, yes, let's put yes. it that way. <laughs> lots of open source documentaries. Lots, lots of open source documentation that we'd like to share up. Now, with everyone getting fiber to the home, like I'm getting, and, you know, just about everyone in, in the northern suburbs seems Welcome to Welcome to the, the neighborhood, yeah. Um, it's FTTH is a fantastic way to share up your content with your friends and mm. stuff, and um, this software allows you to do that. So you can create a Plex server on, e on just about any platform you want. You can either go hardcore and build your own server rack and put a server in, or you can no. just use your your own. Can run it on my old laptop or something? I've got it. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I've got it on my little PC, my Intel NUC that I connect to my okay. TV. I set up a server on that. And then what you can do is you can just add people who are also on Plex, and um, they can access over fiber. They just access your your your, oh, wow. your content. So if you see, you know, have you seen the latest episode of this uh, piece of Creative Commons content? Uh, <laughs> would you like to watch it? Uh, um, you know, don't don't bother going to try and find it online anywhere. You just simply oh, wow, go, to your, go to your mate server and watch it. Um, Presumably, yeah. fiber is a key because you need a very yeah. good upload to get. Yeah. Um, you know, HT bit rates and stuff. You do indeed. So I think uh, you could probably do this on LTE, although it'll always be expensive. Um, fiber, you can't do it on ADSL because ADSL uploads too, slow, too yeah. slow. But for, in the fiber world, it makes absolute sense. I can see a lot of a lot of benefit with something like this. I mean, especially if I look at my family. You know, yeah. I often rec make recommendations to my brother and my mother, yeah. my, my my extended family members about things to watch. And yeah. with something like this, you can. And it's completely, it, it, it uses secure protocols, so, you know, people can't snoop on what exactly you're doing. Okay. Uh, and then if you pay them $5 a month, and there's a, a fee per year as well, which I've, I've paid the annual fee, and you can also get a lifetime license, which I think is $150. That's not bad, okay. That then allows you, gives you access to all sorts of additional services, including all the mobile apps. Um, so you can watch it on your iPad, on your Android phone, on your iPhone, on your Windows phone, on your computer, well, you can do it on your computer for free. Um, a whole lot of extra services, plus, 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 there's a whole lot of extra options they offer for this point. sort of a value-added subscription pack, which is how they make their money. Um, and it's, it's, it's very interesting. It's got obviously got huge implications uh, for, for broadcasters because of piracy. Mm. I mean, mm. um, if, if I was a broadcaster, I'd be looking at this with horror. Um, mm. Uh, but you know, once people are connected to to fiber, and, and it's happening at a rapid race, rate rate in South Africa now, as we know, it, the, the software makes it so easy to to create a, a little media server in which you share up your content, and then everyone, or, or you just share it with your friends, and your friends on fiber can do the same. And it, it, it's just video and it, music. It's anything, any content, any you content, want. any yeah. media, and it's got a brilliant oh, wow. video and music player built into it, so you can do music as well for sure. Um, I think music is probably a little less compelling because um, yeah, we got streaming services. Streaming like, services yeah. are so cheap, uh, and yeah, they offer access to basically all the world's music. Mm. Um, that it probably doesn't make sense to do it from a music perspective, just because of the fact that you don't have to spend your time trying to collate and collect music and create yeah. a library. Yeah. Um, unless you're an audiophile who insists on listening to AA, uh, sorry, not AAC. What are they called? Um, Uncompressed FLAC. Yeah, FLAC unless, files. Uh, yeah. Unless you're an audio perfectionist who has to have FLAC files, then. You know, you may as well subscribe to Google Play Music or uh, one, Apple Music mm -hmm. or one of the other ones um, at 60 bucks a month. It's a no-brainer, really. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but there's also, I see potentially, I mean, uh, for me, I can't, you know, I can only stream Netflix and Showmax on my iPad. If I want to watch any other content that I've got on my hard drives, so I, I can't do it yet. Or yeah. This is a very cool solution for that, actually. So within your, or even if you're traveling. So, you know, you're traveling. 
December going away for the for the holiday yeah. you want to access your, your your kids programs you know the movies that the kids like you know give Indeed. them an iPad essentially dial back home and get access that's, to the that's the other nice thing about this is, is you want to watch your content on the go and that's where you, the subscription fee comes in again uh, you, you know wherever you are you might be and you know with these new telecom LTE plans for example where the d- data is almost unlimited um, you could be at the airport hey I've got an hour to kill one just plug in a pair of headphones and watch an episode of something yeah. from my home media server yeah. That's, that's quite cool. I like it. I'm going to have to look into this. Yeah, no, it's it's very very much worth looking into. And as I say, you can experiment with it almost fully, just with a free installation. And if you see you're going to really use this, then it's worth actually getting the um, getting the monthly subscription. It was so compelling to me when I saw it that I immediately purchased a year's subscription. <laughs> I couldn't quite bring myself to pay $150 for the lifetime subscription. Um, but I may consider doing that at the end of this year if I'm still using it extensively. Sure, sure. Interesting. I'll um, have to have a look at that. But well worth checking out. Um, but as I say, um, the, I think broadcasters may may fear this one. <laughs> yeah, as they always do. These new technologies, disruptive tech. Yeah, disruptive. Tech. So you turned something called Uber Eats. Oh, I know what Uber Eats is. You know what Uber Eats. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was gonna, I was, I was gonna, I was gonna build the scene for you before you said Uber Eats and say, you know, I'm I'm a guy that enjoys good food, and I, I remember a few a year or so ago we covered an app called Appetite, and I still yeah. use that all the time I mean yeah. not only to find restaurants in my area but um, or to order through but I can just place find a, find, a, find a restaurant place an order and go pick it up yeah. Uber recently launched or this week launched Uber Eats which is essentially a, an app to order takeaway take away food from but in good old Uber style it's just such a beautiful app to yeah. use you know yeah. actually it makes me hungry every time I log in and look at this <laughs> but have a look here Duncan I'm just going to show you I mean you can see I mean there's Really cool, high-quality photographs compared to any yeah. other app that I've used that really is only text-based. Mm. Um, but what they've done here is more than just kind of pizza and burger takeaway. You can you can order bigger food portions. Yeah, yeah. restaurants that order, that cater for parties, or you can you can get bigger platters and, and that kind of thing. So it's not just for. Vicky Christina's is a nice restaurant. Oh, that's a that's a great restaurant. Mm. Um, but it's, it, what I like about this app, and I've used it, it it makes. The takeaway process, if you're ordering food, mm. a lot simpler in in, the, in a very Uber way, and that's yeah. what I like. You know, the other guys they they work well, and I don't have any issue with them. But Uber just does it has a very nice way yeah. of of um, getting. So have you ordered to, already? I have ordered already. I mean, you can put in what you're in the mood for. So I can so say how, how, how did it go? Food. How did the process? Oh, very well. I mean, yeah. it's the same as ordering an Uber vehicle, really. You, know, yeah. you place place an order online, pick your food that you want. Yeah. Um, so. And what are the costs? I mean, it's the same is as. It's all built into the price. Yeah, thing? it's all built into the. I mean, there is a. Let me just scroll down to the. Presumably, you're expected to tip the driver, unlike with Uber itself. Yeah, depending on who it is, I generally don't. I normally just give them a ten or twenty-five cash, I and mean, yeah. I don't generally like to, to to pay too much tip on these kind of things because yeah. there is definitely a markup built in. Yeah. Um, but let's say, for example, we pick a, a pasta there, add it um, to the cart, then I go to the cart. Um, pick my address. Yeah. Place the order there. You can see there's a delivery fee of twenty bucks. Okay. But I mean, I've got. You know, I'm a. I'm a. I'm a. I enjoy using Uber because I think it's a great service and it, yeah. it really adds value to my life. And I think in Uber cool. Eats. I mean, I'll I'll switch between this because obviously they only have certain restaurants mm. that, that they've subscribed to. But depending on what I want, and uh, this is a much more That's elegant cool. way. It's, and presumably, it, it um, gives the driver something to do when they're sitting with the idle time. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. I mean. 
I've heard stories of guys with, uh, you know, guys with a few few rands back in the day when Uber started, and they would actually call up Uber mm. to go and pick up food for them. I mean, call the driver to ask him, you know, um, yeah. you, you know, pay for the trip. I'll, yeah. you know, pick yeah. it up and I'll give you a tip. Um, so they're obviously just capitalizing on that. Okay. But um, it's nice to see more mob, uh, mobile applications catering to really good takeaway yeah. services. Because, I mean, it's not just sitting at home ordering takeaway. Yeah. It's when, you're, when we're sitting at uh, the office and we want to order food for an event mm. or order food for, for lunch on a Friday afternoon, yeah, it just makes it a lot easier. Mm. My, my only gripe with Uber Eats so far is it's very limited in terms of its coverage area. Yes. So yes. Um, if you're outside the, the ring, as I am, mm-hmm. uh, you can't get it for yet. It's only, only inside oh, the ring in Joburg. Okay. Um, so uh, I presume it'll, it'll expand outside the ring quite quickly but um, yeah I mean they've got quite a large footprint mm. for their vehicles already I guess it's just a matter of training mm. up the guys and making sure that the process extends to all the drivers yeah. or, or all the guys who want to opt in for this kind of thing yes yeah, but it's a very elegant solution I like it um, yeah that's my pick for the week definitely okay. worth checking out and if you if you sign up look around on the on the interwebs there's some codes going around I think there's an official one from them that you get 100 bucks off okay um, I'm not going to punch you my code but just go have a look uh, you can get 100 rand off your first order as well okay I'll pay for your lunch <laughs> yeah that's it that's it yeah cool our winner and loser this week, I'll just go through them very quickly. Our winner this week is Siabonga Toele, for obvious reasons. He mm-hmm. won the court case against Ikasa. I'm not going to really dwell on that. Uh, and our loser this week, uh, uh, I was thinking of making it Claudium Mutsuning again, but we've picked him so many times it's, already. Let's pick the broader. I'm going to make the SABC board for appointing Claudium Mutsuning back to the SABC after the Supreme Court of Appeal um, uh, upheld a Western Cape High Court judgment that his appointment as Chief Operating Officer was irrational. Um, and the SABC board now in open conflict with uh, the cabinet over over this gentleman. Who At least we're seeing some movement around this. Not the right movements we wanted, but I can't believe we're still seeing seeing us battling with this kind of thing. I mean, it's in any other business, this would have been a non-issue two years ago. The, yeah, the the guy would have been fired and uh, you know mm. put the right person in place. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, salary keeps going up and up and up. Um, you can do no wrong according to the SABC board, which is clearly in his pocket. Um, but now Cabinet's issuing a statement calling on the SABC board to abide by the letter and spirit of the Supreme Court of Appeal ruling. Uh, quote, attempts, this is from Jeff Redebe, attempts, the uh, minister in the presidency speaks, speaking at the Cabinet briefing this week, attempts to subvert the SCA ruling through legally suspect interpretations border on violating the constitutional principle of legality and challenge the constitutionally assigned judicial authority of our courts. The decision to reappoint Mr. Motsu Aneng in a new position shows disrespect of a rule of law. Cabinet reminded the board of section 165 of the constitution that an order or decision issued by a court binds all persons to whom and organs of state to which it applies. Hmm. Uh, Radebe said cabinet directed communications minister Faith Mutambi to urgently take steps to address this matter with the SABC board. Now I think Faith Mutambi is part of the big part of the problem here so I'm not sure she's going to exactly rush to <laughs> to fire the guy um, but uh, interesting times I mean Interesting times. I don't know what to make of it, actually. But um, SABC board our losers of the week for uh, not firing him yeah. and not yeah. having fact, should have fired him years ago. Um, and that's our show. Should uh, we do the quiz results quickly? Yeah, Sorry, before you... Before I disappear and forget about it again. Yeah. <laughs> do you want to do the first question? Right? Yes. First question. Telecoms Minister Siabongatwele wasn't the only party to succeed in securing an urgent interdict against the CASA this week. Who else did? The answer, Celsi. 
MultiChoice has introduced a new Explorer PVR. What is the capacity of its hard drive? And the answer is one terabyte. And of course, the old one was two terabytes. The third question. MultiChoice has secured a capacity on a new satellite. What is the satellite called? The answer, IntelliSat 36 or simply IS 36. The fourth question, the SABC turned in another net loss for the 2015-2016 financial year. How much did it lose? And the answer is 411 million rand. I wonder if that's all licenses that have been paid. It's probably what they'll say. <laughs> <laughs> the last question. Maybe it was, maybe it was Slaudi's salary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah no, I'm sure that makes a big chunk of it. The last question, former SABC CEO Claudio Motsenang has a new job at the state-owned broadcaster. What is it? The answer, head of corporate affairs. And there we go. That's our show for this week. Um, as always, if you've got any feedback, please do drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you. We've been getting lots of mail from you the, over the last couple of weeks, and uh, we'd love to hear more from you. So please send us, drop us a mail and let us know what you think. Uh, do you like the beer feature that we've introduced in the show? Um, do you like our quiz? What else should we be doing that, you, that we're not? Uh, anything, anything you'd like us to talk about in our next show that, uh, that, uh, that, that, that's uh, of interest to you? We'd be very happy to consider it. So drop us a mail. Uh, the info, uh, sorry, the info. The address <laughs> is info at uh, techcentral.ca.ca. Until next time, from Rachel and myself, take care. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.